I'm Michael Holly, and you're listening to the Celtics Pride podcast on Celtics Blog. Welcome to the Celtics Pride podcast on Celtics Blog. I am Adam Motenko. With me, as always, my twin brother, Josh Motenko. That's right. Born second, so I'm two of two. The Celtics Pride podcast, however, is one of one for sure. But your Boston Celtics right now are 16 of 30 teams in the NBA. Not looking good. (laughs) Right in the middle. Mediocre. Josh, if I had told you two weeks ago that the Celtics were going to play seven of their next eight games on the road, including some tough opponents like the Phoenix Suns, the best team in the NBA right now, two games back-to-back against the Lakers and the Clippers, uh, against Utah, Philadelphia, what would you say would be a disappointing record for those eight games? I'm not even looking at the record. I'm not even looking at the teams we're playing. Because a lot of you were without Jalen Brown, or we have been for a while. A lot of these teams are without their stars. So I'm not even looking at that. Like, all I'm looking at is how we're playing, whether we're playing together, you know, how our offense is moving and how our defense is is playing. So, like, to me, it's just been so up and down. I'm so down on Tatum for, you know, one or two weeks in a row. And then all of a sudden, he puts together three amazing games in a row where he's facilitating and playing the right way and then all of a sudden he can't continue you know continue to do that consistently so uh it's it's you know a lot of people around the country are pointing fingers at the lakers right now like they're not what they should have been they're a mediocre team they have no way out of what they've created and they're hard to watch and i'm kind of like the celtics are seem like in a pretty similar situation they're similarly hard to watch. They're kind of similarly in a situation where like you, you better trade one of these big stars that we have or just wait and hope that they figure it out, which both of those seem like not the best route. Trade one of these big stars. We're going to talk trades today. In fact, we don't want to spend too long talking about this team right now. Josh, I think if you had told me that the Celtics would be three and eight in those eight games, uh, I'm sorry, three and five in those eight games, I would be slightly dis- disappointed. I think I would have said, you know, if we go five and five, I'm, I'm okay with that, given the way this team, this season has gone. So it wasn't terrible, but I'm not happy. Obviously, the last three, two in LA and one against Phoenix were tough. We are obviously recording this before the Milwaukee game on Monday night. Um, and it's just, yeah, welcome to the two steps forward, two steps back season. Uh, this team does not like playing 48 minutes in a row well. This team is still turning the ball over, and uh, it's not a fun team to watch right now. But I have a feeling we're going to have a lot more opportunity this season to talk about disappointment in this team, how it's going, how they're not fun to watch, and analyzing why that is. The good news, and let me know what you think of this, next five games at home, next nine of 11 at home. I want to see something different from this team. I want to see them figure some things out. I want to see more wins on the scoreboard. And we are recording this pod on Sunday before the Bucks game. We really wanted to make this more of a fun experience, uh, talking some trades so that we can get out of the experience we've been having with this team. Um, and yeah. obviously it's apropos because 
December 15th is the day that players can be traded who signed contracts this past offseason. Uh, so the, the trade rumors are whirling around the NBA circles right now, and we want to get in on the action. So between December 15th and February 10th, we got some trade talk, and we want to start throwing ideas out there. Obviously, Mike Minkoff, not on this podcast still. Um, we did have an answer to the question. Mike is in wrote, returning from Mexico, and I've learned that um, the answer to the drink question, Josh, is yeah. Mezcal-based drinks. Mezcal. Oh, okay. So there you go. There you go. All right. You want me to start us off, Josh, with a, the first trade idea here? Yeah, and what do you got? I have not seen these in advance. No. I just want to say, uh, I just, I've thrown some ideas out there. I have tried hard to put ideas out that would seem reasonable for the other team. Okay. Both teams should feel comfortable with this. Having said that, it'll take 0.5 seconds before that sounds ridiculous and everybody is laughing. Okay. Just putting that out there in the beginning. Okay. All I heard is that you're a try hard. Is that, is that right? <laughs> yeah, I, I. You should have heard. I invite your snickering and hollering when I immediately okay. turn that comment into an absolute joke. Okay, so first I started with some big fish candidates, and of course, so we're talking Dame, Ben Simmons. I think you could throw John Wall into that category. These are guys that are like, hey, this guy should get traded. Like the situation. Let's start with Dame because there were some a lot of rumors both about uh, what might happen in Portland. And this has been talked about, but just to recap, Portland is a bit of a dumpster fire right now. And I would say from ownership on down, because that's normally how that goal goes. Paul Allen's sister is not an NBA fanatic, and she is dealing with a series of trusts left by Paul Allen after his death. Uh, the Blazers are one. There is questions about, is she going to sell? What's going to happen? Does she want to keep the team? Neil O'Shea, their, their general manager or president, is out uh, fired for cause, it seems like. That still uh, is a legal battle. I think that will need to be fought, and that is very interesting and will have ramifications for the NBA going forward. Um, Josh, as you know, that the uh, general managers and presidents are trying to form a union, partly out of concern over this idea that if o O'Shea can be fired for cause, then they wouldn't have to pay him the 15 or whatever million they still owe him. Uh, that is a concern for them. And if that happens, I'm curious about who would who would take that job. Fascinating. So they have an interim GM, Joe well, Cronin. Wait a second. Not, you you think yeah? you think that you used to think that that was a Danny Ainge job that he wanted to go home to Oregon and settle down there and, and take the Portland job. Do you still think that? Did I talk? Did I talk about that? I, I know I've talked about the Utah job that he's, oh the Utah he's, job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Danny Ainge is Mormon. Lots of Mormons in Utah, obviously, and the owner. Um, I think he has talked to Danny Ainge and like that would be, I think, appealing to him. Didn't his son run for Senate or something like that in, in Utah? Anyhow, it, that could be of interest to, uh, to Danny Ainge, the Blazers job, but I don't think Danny would take a job where he doesn't trust the owner. And I don't know what that, we don't, we just don't know what that situation is. So anyhow, Dame Lillard has been talking about wanting to stay there. And there's talk about how he's got three year, two years left after this deal, a massive, massive contract. And this coming summer, he will be eligible to sign a super max extension to add two more years onto that contract, taking him to age 36 season as a small point guard, making like 55 million a year. And what we've seen end. historically, or at least recently, is these players will try to just get the bag no matter what. Even if it's a bad situation, yeah. they'll stay in it, get the bag, and then ask for the trade right after they've got the extra extension on top of uh, what they already have, which would make him the highest paid player ever. 
Exactly. And so it's a fascinating situation. Also, he's taking time off now for this abdominal injury that apparently has been an issue for him for quite a while. And if he can take this time off at the beginning of the year, still come back in a few months and play really well at the end of the year, he might be able to then show that he is he, he's worth that money. Um, and it'll be interesting Man. to see whether he, the new GM is somebody that's buddy-buddy with his agency or not. And 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 CJ McCollum has a collapsed lung. And so Oof. that may throw a wrench into any trade plans that they would have had with him to keep Dame there, to bring in someone else to partner with Dame who maybe is a, a better wingman. So having said all that from a basketball perspective, it looks like Portland needs to do something. Ch- new coach, Chauncey Billups, no G- new GM or interim GM, Joe Cronin, not the former Red Sox player and manager in the 30s and 40s. Uh, and I don't think they're going to actually make a decision from a basketball perspective. If they would, I think you, you either, there's two routes, trade Dame and blow the whole thing up, then trade C- CJ and other players, or build around Dame, trade CJ and try and rebuild around Dame. Uh, they've got a lot of nice players on this team. Robert Covington, I like. Norman Powell, I like. I mean, I like Dame and CJ, obviously. Nurkic is somebody I like. Larry Nance Jr., Mike Minkoff has been talking about Larry Nance Jr. as a trade target that he would love to see the Celtics go after for at least a year and a half. Anthony Simons, Nassim Little. Like, I, I really like a lot of players on this team. So, wait, 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 wait. You like Anthony Simons and Nassir Little? I do. I do. Nasir Little is actually playing good defense. I think that guy's good. He's got some size. I liked him coming out of college. He disappointed in the first year, but he's been playing well lately. And Anthony Simons has been playing well uh, the last uh, nine months or so. Okay. You don't like them. No, I'm not a big fan of them. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Covington either. I think that his percentages don't match his potential. And at this point, we kind of can tell that his potential is not going to be realized. Um, so to me, he's just a... I don't know, lesser version of a, you know, he's, he's six, 10, but plays like he's kind of six, six. I feel like he's, he's kind of Aaron Neesmithy, to be honest, okay. know, but bigger and should be able to do more. So let me ask you, Josh, did you have any trade ideas with Portland? I did not. Nope. Okay. Let me see what you think of these. Okay. First one, full re- rebuild. Oh, I mentioned from a basketball perspective, you, you would go one of those two directions. What's fascinating about the situation also is that from like a business selling the team perspective, you either want to have a really good quality com- com- competitive team, championship level team, or you want to have a flexible cap sheet. So I do not think that they're going to re-sign Daniel this offseason because I don't think that that will make them easy to sell. I don't think that it's going to, that will make them slightly less appealing to new, uh, a potential new owner. Hold on, Adam, before we jump into the ideas, there's a couple ways that we could go with this, right? We could make for the Celtics, we could make a small move or we could make a big move and really like rebuild things. So we're starting with the big moves, right? Yeah. We're starting with some big moves here. So there may be some sticker shock attached to these ideas. And, and with the Celtics, there's also, do you start with a huge move and, and, tear apart, apart the core, uh, talking by core, Tatum or Brown, specifically, right. 1A. One, 1B would be Marcus Smart, and then it trickles on down from there. Or do you make a smaller move? Even though I, I'm not in favor of trading Brown or Smart, you know, the idea of landing a big fish or making a big move is just how we decide to start off this podcast. So, And either way you go there, I think I think you're try- talking about also a decision point for the Celtics about do you try and improve the team for this year? 
trying to get competitive sooner, uh, giving away assets for later? Or do you decide that this team is just not going to be good enough this year and you want to build for later? So first deal is to, to improve the Celtics. I would say potentially for now and later. Full rebuild for uh, for Portland. So they trade Damian Lillard to the Celtics for Al Horford, Aaron Neesmith, Romeo Langford, Peyton Pritchard from Portland, and all of our picks forever and ever. So that it would be like five picks and pick swaps, basically whatever they want, whatever's allowed in the rules. Uh, so again, Dame for Horford, Neesmith, Romeo Langford, Peyton Pritchard, and like five first round picks. What do you think, so Josh? Lillard, Lillard for picks. Would I do that? Say it one more time. Basically, Horford, yeah. Neesmith, Langford. So it's just our young guys, Horford for the contract. Yeah. Uh, picks and, and, con- and how many yeah. picks? <laughs> Five. Five picks. Um, picks or pick swaps, yeah. Uh, I would, yeah, I would do that in a heartbeat. Would Portland do that? That's the question. Yeah, I mean, they'd have yeah. to flip Horford someplace else likely, but they're just deciding we're going to get all the young players and picks that we can. And that would lead them to trading other players as well. You'd have to imagine that they could get the same picks and a better upside young player from another team. Probably. I would agree. My question is, do you want Dame Lillard uh, as a small guard with the injury he has? I mean, we talked about this this summer. You guys, especially Mike, was all in on Dame Lillard. This is a top 10 player. You trade trade what you can for him. And I just, I hate that contract. I'm not a big fan of small guards later in their careers. I've heard conflicting things from other places. Some people saying that players are aging better in this day and age. And uh, I've also seen that that's not necessarily the case still for young guards. Look at Kemba Walker. Um, I mean, look at Dame. I don't know. I don't know if this abdominal thing is an issue or not we'll see obviously he's a shooter but small guards need need quickness and and that's what goes first all right trade two the 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 idea i I think i'm out on the dame idea just because of the contract and and the way his game uh fits with tatum and brown it's just another player who needs the ball who's not a high assist guy not a super high iq facilitator like we need are, if we're going to get another star type player, we need them to be more of a glue guy, a connector, and someone who can kind of change the dynamic that we see with our team right now, not adding more firepower. Yep. Yeah. And this, th- that trade I just suggested, uh, Kevin Pelton wrote about that. Uh, it's He had a similar trade Horford, Neesmith, Pritchard, Schroeder, and a bunch of picks with Wancho Hernan Gomez for Lillard and some fillers. Um, you could also swap Josh Richardson and Larry Nance for that. Uh, either of those, yeah, similar sort of an idea. Next one, CJ McCollum to the Celtics. So this would be rebuilding around Dame or for Dame. CJ McCollum to the Celtics for Marcus Smart, Neesmith or Romeo Langford, uh, or maybe potentially Josh Richardson, Hernan Gomez, and again, a lot of picks. <laughs> picks forever and ever. Maybe call it three to four picks for CJ. See, CJ's more... Smart and, and three picks. Call it that. Well, first of all, you didn't have Pritchard in that trade, so you that you can't make a trade with Portland without adding Peyton Pritchard. Okay. Um, I see, uh, to be honest with you, I see McCollum as more, because of what he showed playing with Dame, I see him as more willing to fit into a system or fit into uh, playing with other scorers, and he still isn't the kind of connector that I'm looking for. Um, and at some point, we have to 
come to terms with the fact that we may be saying goodbye to Marcus Smart. You know, he, he's one of the more likely trade candidates on our team uh, who could get us something back potentially. So this trade does kind of open up that conversation of let's get ready uh, and brace ourselves for the heart and soul of our team to get ripped out. If we did that, it would have to be for something kind of special. And I do think CJ McCollum is kind of special. It's tough to trade for a guy with a collapsed lung. He's had some injuries uh, the last couple of years that are a little worrisome. Um, but I think that he would be a perfect fit with our culture. And um, I'm more likely to say yes to that one than, than the one for Dame. You've mentioned this collapsed lung twice, Josh. Should we reinstate the segment called I'm not a doctor, but I play one on this podcast <laughs> so you can talk about a collapsed lung and what that means for a player in his career? The only thing I'll say about it is there is no timetable currently for CJ to return. That's kind of scary. Okay. Okay. All right. You gave two. Can I, can I give one Wait. here? Oh, you got, uh, let me, no, I want, I want to stay on this thread for a second, if that's okay. Let's Have do you it. done any, um, any Ben Simmons, Philadelphia traits? No. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, well, so I've got, I've got one of those, but before I do that, let's take this Damian Lillard trade and let's blow it up. Okay. Josh, okay. who are the three most, the three players in the NBA that you feel like should be need to get traded this this deadline. Um, to me, they're Pascal Siakam, CJ McCollum, uh, and we'll go Demontis Sabonis. Eh, wrong. No, you're completely wrong on all three counts. Dame Lillard is is on that list. Kyrie Irving is on that list. Guy can't even play for. Oh, his Ben team. Simmons. Yeah, okay. those guys. Yeah, and Ben. But Simmons. I don't think though any of those guys are going to get traded. As much as right? they need to but, be, I don't think they're actually going to get traded. I'm about to trade them, okay? So Damian Lillard goes to Brooklyn. Okay, so you're, you're, taking, you're taking that trade with the Celtics and you're expanding it. So Dame to Brooklyn. Okay. Kyrie goes from Brooklyn to Philadelphia. Ben Simmons from Philadelphia to Boston. And then Al Horford, similar to that last trade, goes to Portland. Portland gets all of Boston picks as well as picks from Philly and forever and ever. This trade works on the trade machine. Simmons to Boston, Horford to Portland. So they're ba- and, and a ton of picks. So they're basically trading Dame for picks. Kyrie to Philly. What do you think? Does does Brooklyn trade Kyrie? Let's start. Does Brooklyn trade uh, Kyrie for Dame Lillard? Yeah, immediately. Right. Does Philly trade Ben Simmons for Kyrie Irving? No. Really? No. That's yeah. I, I don't. Think I think so. they do. No. Oh, they, of course they do. Ben Simmons can't play. They're not getting anything close to Kyrie. Uh, I don't think they would. Who's their coach, Adam? I don't think they want that. I think that I think that that organization actually has a little bit more sense than to trade for Kyrie. <laughs> I think it. I think it would have happened already if it was going to happen. To be honest, I mean Kyrie's Kyrie's told everybody that he won't play in the NBA. He'll retire if he gets traded, and like I believe that he's he's liable so to here's- do anything. But but I like this so here, trade, and so I want to focus on the Celtics side of it. Hold on, hold on. Here's the scenario, right? Uh, uh, Daryl Morey's like, ooh, Kyrie Irving, no way. I don't want to. I don't want that as part of my job. Doc Rivers, no, thank you. Please no, please no. Right? They are saying no. The Kyrie picks up the phone and calls uh, Joel Embiid and is like, brother, let's play together. Joel goes to Doc and uh, and Daryl Morey. You don't think that they're then. Uh, capitulating to Joel Embiid, I think I they don't are. I think Embiid. Why would Embiid want Kyrie Irving? There's the assumption that I think because he's good. Because he's good. 
And I think they're, that's, they'll have balance. They work, work well together. Okay, let's move on then. So Ben Simmons to Boston. Does Boston trade Al, Al Horford and, a, and five picks for Ben Simmons? That's the one that I'm thinking on. Because, I mean, Ben Simmons is a connector. But, in the, in, I mean, immediately the, the angel on my shoulder intervenes and says, wait a second, this is a guy who's completely selfish. He's run by Clutch. Clutch and Boston don't usually get along. This would never work. He's just going to be another selfish addition, even though on the court he may click and get get you know be a connector. Uh, just the way that he shows up, I don't think is a good fit with our culture. Yeah, we got culture problems generally, but that that improves the team, and that trade works in the trade machine. Yeah, but if the problems are about the culture, or if the problems are about our toughness, or if the problems are about like mental toughness. Ben Simmons is the anti-answer. Okay. I got another Ben Simmons trade, but I feel like you you should throw one out first unless you want to keep going with that. Yeah, just get your Ben Simmons trades out of the way, please. <laughs> All right, Josh. Uh, there was a rumor out there like a month ago, maybe more, that was very obviously started by the Philadelphia side saying, ooh, we've been, we would love to have Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons. Right. There we go. Everybody in Boston threw up in their mouths. Uh, obviously, I would not be interested in doing that. However, and I'm assuming you you feel the same. What if they said, "All right, well, we still want to talk about Jalen Brown, so give us Wancho, Hernan Gomez, give us Dennis Schroeder, and we'll give you Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey." Tyrese Maxey playing 35 minutes uh, per game, 36% from three this year, uh, 16 and a half points a game. He's he's playing almost five assists a game. He's like show, he, he's a valuable player right now. I love Tyrese Maxey. I called at the beginning of the year that he was going to have a breakout season, and he is. I think if you're trading Ben Simmons, you need Tyrese Maxey. I don't know why you would include him in the deal. He's your backup insurance for the fact that you're losing a all-star point guard. Um, you're getting Jalen and... Browns. I know. Uh... So that that'd be one that I'd have to think about, but still, I'm not I'm not in favor of trading Jalen Brown. And I guess this is a good segue into some of my trades. We can move on from Ben Simmons now. I don't want to trade Jalen Brown. If I'm trading one of Brown or Tatum, it's so clear to me who I'm trading. I'm trading Jason Tatum. I'm trading the guy who doesn't seem like he's as mentally tough. That's that. Uh, We're all following the lead of this one guy, and he's the one who hasn't really figured it out. And what are we saying about the team? The team's not doesn't doesn't put in the effort. They don't have the pride. They're selfish. They're you know like these are all the things that, that we keep hearing about our team. They're gonna think about themselves or, or work on you know develop themselves in the, as they start the game instead of getting their teammates involved or raising up the team. I mean even Kevin McHale was talking about it recently. Like Red Auerbach told him you know you're a good player, but how are you helping your team? Like are you gonna make your team good or are you just gonna go out there and be good? And Mikhail's like, that's what these guys have to figure out. I mean, it's just so obvious to everybody. This isn't even something that we're like, the media doesn't get it, but the players know. Like, everybody gets it. And our coach is just so on it. He's just telling us exactly what it is. He's not yelling and screaming. He's just like, this is this is what's going on. It's obvious to everybody. And it starts with the guy who's most, most epitomizes those issues. And that's Jason Tatum. So, gosh, in no way am I like a trade Tatum guy. I'm not that guy. But if we're doing a trade podcast, we've talked about this. We talked about this like two week, two weeks ago, yeah. I think. When and and the topic has been, it, does a guy like Tatum, who's what twenty four, like how yeah. long does it take them to get it? 
can you get it? Or is this something you're born with or can you learn it? And you have said sometimes right. the progression is like tick, tick, tick. And then it, and then it, it like shoots up and you actually see like, like a light switch. They get it. Yeah. They figure it out. Yep. And it's not a, a natural a smooth path increase. Yep. So you've been saying like, this guy can figure it out. There's time. Uh, and now you're telling me, are you about to throw a bunch of Tatum trades at me? Yeah, I got four Tatum trades for you. Oh my God. Um, okay. <laughs> but I prefer, not, I prefer to not trade Tatum. I prefer to make a minor move, add toughness. That's my, that's what I would prefer to do. But on our trade podcast, we're going with the big fish first. So my t- Jason Tatum trades right here. Yeah, give me Jason that. Tatum to New Orleans for Zion Williamson. And obviously you'd have to throw in another contract Whoa. like Valen- Valen- works there. But if they if they're worried about what's going on with Zion's weight and his health and all that, it may be time to move on, especially if they're thinking that Zion's already thinking moving on. And uh, if I'm trading Jason Tatum, I'm trading him as far away as possible. And New Orleans Pelicans is like the desert when it comes to the NBA. Um I, I would think hard about that trade. What do you think? Well, yeah. So Zion, recent reports, just had a setback in, what does he have, a broken foot? Uh, yeah, Metatars. And uh, yeah, it's not grown back as it should. Uh, I'm imagining he's using like a bone growth stimulator. I had a a broken foot. That, that stuff did not work. Uh, and and they're, they're rem- removing him from like uh, weight-bearing exercises at this point to try and let that bone heal. So uh who knows when he's gonna get back on the court uh he's obviously gaining weight um he's basically played five games and missed 86 or something like that so it's a question about when he comes back and who knows if he can even come back this season and and i think you have long-term injury concerns about him the guy scored like 27 points a game last year when he played so would you consider that one? So Zion Williamson is, a, I think, a huge risk just for injury concerns. Uh, you just don't know what you're getting, not just this year, but in the future. I mean, I, I really would be like with Tatum. Yeah, Zion has a higher ceiling, but Tatum's a top 20 player, even if he this is his max, which I don't think it is, even if this is where he tops out as a player. I think, you know, you've got 10 more years of Tatum as a a top 20 player in this league and a top scorer in the league. That's valuable. I don't think you trade Zion for him. I do think that if you are going to do that, that means you're bottoming out this year and going into the lottery. You're trading Horford. You're trading Richardson, Schroeder. Um, you're not trying to make the playoffs this year. You're taking Jalen Brown, Zion Williamson coming back next year. Give it, let him take his time, not just getting back from the injury and healing, but getting back into shape. Uh, you need to. He needs to slim down. And you come back with a, a draft pick, Jalen Brown, the rookies who have gotten more run, maybe some a couple of players pop, and uh, and Zion, and, and you see what you got going forward, and hopefully you're you're in the mix for the playoffs again next year, and it, you don't look too far away. Uh, but I do think that deal would satisfy some of the fans who feel like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are duplicative, and you can't play them together, which I completely disagree with. And so which would you rather have? What we're dealing with and seeing with Jason Tatum right now or the potential of Zion being an injury risk? Give me a yes I or think, a no on this deal. I think you have – oh, it's a no on this deal. Okay. But I, I, th- I think that your question raises some bigger stuff for me around like do I enjoy watching this team right now? No. 
would I enjoy rooting for the future of Zion Williamson a little bit? Like sometimes it's nice to not have lowered expectations, which is what this would do. Okay. So I think you make your team worse with this trade. Okay. Well then let me, let me see if I can wet your whistle with this trade. Jason Tatum for Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles in Utah. I am of the mindset and the opinion that Donovan Mitchell has a really good relationship with Jalen Brown uh, in the bubble, they were doing this funny game with each other where they were like Instagramming each other and being like, bro, why are you following me? Like on Instagram. Um, <laughs> right, right, right. And I just, I think that Donovan Mitchell's a stud. Obviously, there's no reason for Utah to give up on him. Um, but for Jason Tatum, I think Utah, Utah would have to listen. Yeah, Utah does that deal. Donovan Mitchell right? and Joe Ingles it would make it work. You think Utah does that deal? Yeah, I, well, you. Utah, there. That's not a destination. You're not getting free agents. Uh, I would do that deal. I like Donovan Mitchell a lot. I think he's a leader. I think he's clutch. I think he's got like that that it factor when it's like games on the line. He's gonna carry that team. Like the way he played in the bubble was really impressive. Um, but it's like that's a like. I'm frustrated enough with Jason Tatum. Just like, let's get a really good value with him. Um, so, I mean, it's, you're really talking that's Donovan Mitchell for Jason Tatum. And um, that's fascinating. That's fascinating. I think the big thing there is the size of Jason Tatum. You just can't teach that. And Donovan Mitchell is, he's a guard. He's the guy's 6'4". Um, yeah. So, I mean, are they, is Donovan Mitchell as duplicative with Jalen Brown as Tatum is? No, I don't think so. Okay. I, I think that he, I mean, again, you're not getting a guy who's a ball mover connector, but you're getting a guy who's a scorer. But Donovan Mitchell does a lot. He just, just he does so much on the court. You can play him at the one. He will facilitate. He's a lockdown defender, and he's really good in the help side as well. He's just, you know, he, and he brings a different mentality. You're trading a star with uh, question marks when it comes to their mental toughness for a star who probably doesn't have the same amount of upside but has proven similar things in playoff situations and, and just has a a little bit of a different degree of mental toughness. Um, And that's one that, you know, I'm not saying I want to do that deal. I'm just saying that that's one I would really think about. I think both sides have to think about it. And that's a great example of a deal that will never get done because both sides are just like they're in on their guy. Right. Exactly. And if I'm dealing Tatum somewhere, I'm trying to send him as far away as possible. So again, Utah. Yep. Um, All right. My, I have one more Jason Tatum trade that I feel like is, I want to just throw it out there. Um, I think this deal would have been thought about like two months ago, but now I don't think the other team would do it anymore. This deal is Jason Tatum for Evan Mobley with Cleveland and Kevin Love to make the money work. Uh, That's fascinating. I love Evan Mobley. I do that deal. God, I can't believe it. Yeah, I think Evan Mobley is really good. Really good. And I continue to believe, I said this last, po- last podcast, while the most valuable position in the NBA is the wing, I think the one that affects winning the most is a is a really valuable, uh, flexible big. And Evan Mobley, is he, that, he's got some real potential. Uh, I love, love Evan Mobley. Okay, I've got one more. This one is, is also getting rid of uh, Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder goes bye-bye with Jason Tatum. They get sent to Toronto for Scotty Barnes. And yes. Pascal Siakam. Yes. I have this deal also. Scotty Barnes really? and Pascal Siakam. Yep. For Jason Tatum, Wancho Hernan Gomez. Uh, 
and Bruno Fernando. And you throw uh, Svatoslav Mikhailik in there, Kevin Mikhailik. Yeah. Uh, and, and the question was, who says no? And I talked to my friend Gordon in Toronto, huge Raptors fan. And he was like, no way. I would never do that deal. Like he, I was like, what about Jason Tatum for Scotty Barnes straight up? No, no way. Really? Yeah, they're not trading Scotty Barnes for Jason Tatum. Not going to happen. And you can't do that deal anyway, but there's no way. I wonder if you just need to pick different friends who know more about. I need I need the kind of I need the kind of friends Danny Ainge had with in Kevin McHale uh, yeah, exactly. when he traded for Garnett. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a, again another deal uh, that that I would really consider. Uh, I know Pascal Siakam is is on the block. I can't see him finishing out the year in Toronto, just with the way that he asked for a trade last year and uh, was getting into it with the coach. I feel like it's a foregone conclusion that he's duplicative. I do think that if he gets traded, it's because they already have a guy like Scotty Barnes and OG on and OB on the roster. Yep. Um, even, you know, to the point where uh, Precious Achua is, is being taking the ball off the board and, and dribbling it up the court and trying to find somebody like he's showing that he's got some ball handling skills that, when he was at Memphis and they had James Wiseman, he was supposed to play the 3-4 and be a wing and guard the wing and be a ball handler. And then Wiseman became ineligible and they needed to ask Precious to play the five and to, to you know anchor the defense. And that's the best role for him in the, in the NBA. But he's showing that he still has those skills that he wanted to display in college and didn't get a chance to. Well, Gordon does believe Pascal Siakam has hit his ceiling and, and yeah. uh, he is ready to trade him. So I think that that deal could go through. I think you'd have to, I'm not sure. Have you looked at Siakam trades? Yeah, there's a couple that, that come up a little bit later. And, okay. and I want to let you have an opportunity to, to give a couple more trades before I jump into any of those. I mean, is it even worth talking about Ben Simmons if you're not including Jalen Brown for them? Like, uh, I think we should stop talking about Ben Simmons. Smart Richardson and filler. Yeah, I don't I don't think Philadelphia does it. So yeah, no more Ben Simmons trades. Okay, okay, okay. So uh Jeff Clark wrote about this type of a deal. Uh specifically, we're talking the Indiana Pacers, DeMontis Sabonis, because Indiana's 10 and 16. There was an article uh in the Athletic basically saying time for the Pacers to make a trade. Um, and that I think they may have had sources uh and the Pacers have even talked to the players about how sources said they needed to trade some guys and basically what they said is look we it's tough to find star stars in this league and especially as the indiana pacers as a small market non-destination team so they said you know we we think that there's potential for guys on this roster to be those stars but that's really what we're looking for here so what would they trade if they're giving up a guy like i don't know if you're thinking miles turner but I, i don't I don't, that doesn't make sense to me. I'm thinking DeMontis Sabonis. That's the guy who you really want on that team. He's, yeah. he could be a third star. I think you'd have some defensive issues. Um, and you'd have some issues depending on the other bigs on this team because he's not a good three point shooter right now, but he can pass the ball. He can score. He's tough. Uh, I like him a lot. So, like, you could throw a, a deal together like Robert Williams, Aaron Neesmith. Romeo Langford, Wancho Hernan Gomez, Robert Williams. I, and I'm not, I, I can't remember the specifics of, but because he signed the extension, he's tough to trade. Um, he's got a poison pill contract. So you need to like, it's like the money going out is completely different than the money coming in. The money coming in has to be related to the new contract. The money going out is related to the old one. And because there's such a big difference between his new and, and old one, it's just, he's tough to trade. So I don't think that he gets traded at all. 
So would you trade? I mean, and and that's not enough for Indiana. So I mean, I was looking at a trade for Sabonis. I think you're talking picks with that sort of thing. Say it again. Let's say three picks, maybe an additional pick swap, and a bunch of salary filler, like Wancho Hernan Gomez, Josh Richardson, yeah, yeah, yeah. and a couple of young guys. Maybe maybe like Romeo Neesmith and three firsts or something like that. Would you do that? Romeo was from Indiana. I would really think about trading the trading two to three picks for Sabonis, first round picks. I would trade three picks for Sabonis. I would say yes to that. That's the connector ball mover type high IQ third star that I think could can connect the dots with our guys. I don't see that happening without a Time Lord and a Marcus Smart being thrown in the deal either uh, or together yeah. with with those picks or with two picks, you know, and those two guys. So I think that you're losing more than just picks, just three picks for Sabonis. Yeah. Um, like do, do they want three fifth, you know, number 15 first round picks in a row? Like, I don't, I don't think the Pacers do that deal. Yeah. Either. So you're losing smart in that deal to me and potentially time Lord too. And then it gets questionable. If it was just the yeah. picks, I would do that deal. And I, I agree. I don't think any Indiana does it unless they're getting more back than we want to give. But it's, uh, you know, Sabonis just seems like a, a fan favorite ready to happen in oh, yeah. a, a Boston uniform. You know, we know that Boston loves their white guys, especially white guys who can ball. And, you know, we haven't had uh, a really amazing white dude in Boston playing for a while. Uh, you know, Gordon Hayward, I think, was kind of like supposed to be that. Um, and if you're looking at fan bases and, and populations that, <laughs> for whatever reason... Uh, are attracted to that you know utah's on that list number one and but boston's also on there and so you know just for that perspective i think that sabonis um and the way he plays is you know just gritty and tough and like that's what we need alongside tatum and brown if you're getting sabonis i think you have to keep robert williams uh, not just for the salary stuff i talked about but just for defensive purposes you need that rangy center uh you mentioned um how Boston hasn't had good white guys. Can I bring one of those guys back, Josh? Yeah, is it Kevin Love? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I've got a bunch of trades to bring back old Celtics. Okay, so number oh, old one. old Celtics trades. Let's go. Charlotte, Gordon Hayward for Al Horford. You could even throw Schroeder in there. Who says no? Uh, the Hornets. You think so? Oh, yeah, the Hornets say no to that. Yeah. Horford is not on the timeline that they have. I mean, neither is Hayward, but Hayward, I mean, they just gave Hayward this huge contract and he's not playing half bad. Yeah, and he's year. had some injury issues. Of course. All right. they, they need some roster balance. All right. How about this one? Uh, New York Knicks. Tibbs is pissed about lack of defense. He's constantly changing his lineups, right? Kemba is signed for two years oh boy. Uh, at whatever it is, low money. Kemba Walker for Dennis Schroeder, Peyton Pritchard, and a second-round pick. No. No? No, I don't want Kemba Walker back here. No. <laughs> no, no. Okay. I'd rather All have right. Dennis right. Schroeder than Kemba Walker. Okay. Evan Fournier for Josh Richardson and Juancho Hernan Gomez. You're basically <laughs> deciding the way you spent your offseason yeah. money to not sign Evan Fournier and to sign Josh Richardson and trade for Wancho that you're, that, that was a mistake, which is, this would be like the, the trade that Adam would have liked to just have ha- happened. Like just resign yeah. Evan Fournier and don't sign Richardson and, and get Wancho. Yep. Uh, I would, do that would you do it? in a heartbeat. Oh yeah. 
Heartbeat. Fournier Evan Fournier. For, for Josh Richardson. I'm not a big fan of Josh Richardson. We don't need Juancho on this team. Um, and Fournier can hit some shots and move the ball a little bit. You know, he's he's underwhelmed in New York, but I liked him with the Celtics. I wanted to re-sign him in the offseason. So reversing that decision, I would do. Okay, well then let me split the difference. Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier for Josh yeah. Richardson, Schroeder, and Wancho. No, I don't okay. want Kemba. I'm done with Kemba. Uh, he's coming off the bench now, Josh. He'll take on that six-man role, and he'll do it better than Schroeder. You, you disagree with that? And he signed for another year. And you can get him back no. because we we traded him before he got cut. No. I, you can get rid of Dennis Schroeder anyway without having to take back Kemba. The fact that he signed an extra year is actually less, I'm less inclined. All of these trades work in the trade machine. I assume it's the same for yours, Josh. Give me, give me what's next on your list. Yeah, those were fun. Um, Okay. So if you're not trading Jason Tatum, I I think the major need that this team has is to get like a tough guy next to him. You need a four man who's rangy and versatile and can guard the perimeter, but can also be tough. Um, and, and I think that that's what this team is missing when it comes to the uh, how contagious things like ball movement and toughness can be when you have a superior ball mover on your team or a superior tough guy. And so uh, if you're looking at trading Marcus Smart, this is where we come to, I don't know if Pascal Siakam is like the epitome of that. There's another guy that I'd rather have. Uh, but we'll go with the Pascal Siakam trade first, $31 million for Pascal. So you'd have to give up Smart, Time Lord, Jay Rich, and Juancho to make the deal work. Um, you're also getting Svi Mihailik and uh, Isak Banga from, uh, from the Raptors. But would you do a Siakam trade uh, for basically Jay Rich, Time Lord, and Marcus Smart, Adam? Pascal Siakam for J- Jason Richardson, Robert Williams, and who? And Marcus Smart. Ooh, God. Giving up Marcus Smart is tough there. Just the combination of Smart and Time Lord for Pascal Siakam, I don't like that. Like, Marcus, the problem with this team is the thing that Marcus Smart fixes. Like, he's the only redeeming quality on this team right now in terms of the attitude that they have. Like, you can't give that up now. I mean, you're basic. And Pascal Siakam is not, I don't think he's tough. He doesn't help with that. Like, he would fuel the flames of this problem. This yeah, I I do not like that trade at all. I, I just it it there is no good trade that fixes it. Like the the problem needs to get solved internally. So that you'll probably say no to this next one too. This one is Marcus Smart and Romeo Langford to Detroit for old friend Kelly Olenek and Sadiq Bay. And Sadiq Bay would kind of, he epitomizes that tough four man who could shoot guard the perimeter. Um, you know, you're losing Marcus Smart and Romeo to get him. I mean, talk about guys, you know, that are duplicative. Doesn't Sadiq Bay add to that problem? This is, Josh, this is just a deal to get your guy Sadiq Bay on the Celtics. Marcus That's Smart correct. is a lot to give up for him. Unless you think Sadiq Bay is like a potential star, I don't think you trade Marcus Smart for him. Smart signed for four more years. Like, this is a good, Smart's good. He's solid. He does what this team needs. I just, I don't see Sadiq Bey shifting the needle much and Kelly Olenek is certainly not going to solve any problems for this team like that I don't see that making the team better like now or in the future oh I think that's the key right now is if you get a tough four man who can actually play on both sides of the ball next to a Tatum and Brown 
then Tatum doesn't have to do all the dirty work and be expected to enjoy physical contact. You know, he can just be on the wing. He doesn't have to play that four spot. Um, so, like, I actually made a list of all the guys, all the tough four men around the league. All right, so I'm going to go through the list. Sadiq Bey's on the list, right? Is uh, old- is is um um what's his name? Harrison Barnes in um, Sacramento on that list? No. And here's why. So, like, old friend Marcus Morris is kind of like the perfect example of this. He's super tough, but he, you know, obviously he didn't work out with Tatum. The personalities didn't match. I think that there's a whole category of guys, um, Harrison Barnes, Larry Nance, TJ Warren, Jeff Green. I even put Grant Williams in this category that are either not tough enough or not durable enough to make the category. Uh, So, to me, Harrison Barnes is not tough enough. I mean, he's, to me, he doesn't play tough. Um, he's, he's a complimentary player. He's, he's good at his role. He can shoot, he can defend a little, you know, he looks strong, but he's not necessarily like, he's not going to inject toughness into a team that he's on. Uh, neither is Larry Nance as much as we love him or those other guys. So here are the guys on the list. Sadiq Bey, Thaddeus Young, Keldon Johnson, Miles Bridges, Draymond Green, obviously he's, he's the captain of this group. Julius Randall, Siakam, John Collins, Jay Sean Tate. Dorian Finney-Smith, P.J. Tucker, Jay Crowder, Marcus Morris. And then there's some young guys who are kind of under the radar. Patrick Williams makes the list. Scotty Barnes, Jalen Johnson, Jonathan Kaminga, Jordan Nwora makes the list. Unsung second-round pick on the Milwaukee Bucks. Jeremiah Robinson Earl makes the list, who I wanted to draft this past offseason, as well as Trenton Wadford and Herb Jones, who I was high on in the draft. Yeah, yeah, let's um, trade for Trenton Wadford and Herb Jones. <laughs> That'll solve everything. Yo, if you don't know about Herb Jones yet, you better ask somebody, all right? So the guy on this list that I like the most is Jay Sean Tate, all right? I, feel he, like, I like him too, Josh. I like him too. I feel like the Houston Rockets are going to make a trade just because they've got a whole mishmash roster. I feel like 75% of their guys are available, including old friend Daniel Tice. Um, You know, up and down their roster, they really have... Eric Gordon. Yeah, Eric Gordon. He's got to get traded. He's got free Eric Gordon. Um, John Wall, he's obviously, you know, one of the more likely players that they're trying to get rid of. I don't know why you didn't include John Wall in your crazy Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons... All the you know all the guys who should need to get traded trade. Um, I I looked into John Wall trades and the just with just with the Celtics and he just makes too much money. Yeah. So to me, if you're doing a deal to try to get something under the radar of value, uh, and if you're the Celtics, what you need is a tough guy. This is the dude. Jay Sean Tate's the guy. Um, Romeo Langford or Aaron Neesmith, plus Grant Williams or you know any two second round picks would get it done with Jay Sean Tate and Kenyon Martin. If they, you know, ask for more to get the deal done, you can give up Jason Richard or Josh Richardson or Schroeder potentially um, and take back DJ Augustine who or Eric Gordon to be their their veteran leader. Eh. Yeah, I no, guess you throw like Eric that? Gordon in there too. I mean, to me, yeah. uh, this is not a move that puts us over the hump, but this is a way to do a small move for the Celtics that doesn't give up a big star or or the heart and soul of the team. Uh, and Marcus Smart, and you you make a move that changes the culture a little bit, that brings in a dude who's going to be all out energy all the time, inject toughness in a team that's sorely lacking that one aspect to their game. And to me, it puts positionally Jason Tatum in a place that he's going to be more successful. Um, and then you can bring Schroeder off the bench because you got uh, p- potentially, you know, you, then you have 
sorry, Brown and Tatum sliding back over to their normal spots with Smart starting at the one. So are you starting Jay Sean Tate? No, I'm saying that if you make a trade, like you can still do your double bigs that we're doing right now, or you could you could start Tate. He started every game for the Rockets. Not that that's the same as starting for a 500 team. Um, okay, but, so you're starting double bigs, and then you're bringing Tate off the bench to keep Tatum at the three. Yeah, because of that list of tough four men around the league, you know, Siakam's on there too, Sadiq Bey, Thaddeus Young's too old. Maybe you could pry Dorian Finney-Smith away from Dallas. But that's it. Like of the guys who are like 100% not available, uh, everybody else on that list is pretty much untouchable, or you or you wouldn't want them. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I, I had Eric Gordon for Josh Richardson and Wancho in a second. I thought maybe they would do that, so I would combine those. I think just doing a deal for Jay Sean Tate is interesting, but not. I question how much it moves the needle. Like, does it really fix problems? Bringing in a like a bench pl- rotation player. That feels kind of duplicative of Grant Williams in terms of like, I feel like duplicative is my word of the podcast. Uh, I'm overusing it. I, I just like, well, we are twins. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's interesting. I mean, I, I like bringing toughness in. I think that's important. Um, it just, if you're not doing it at the head of the snake, I don't think you're changing. I think everybody's still following Tatum and Brown. Tatum specifically. Yeah, I think- I think that Tate is the type of guy who has kind of infectious energy, like right. similar to the Manimal when he was in Denver and, and he was kind of at his peak. Um, the Manimal for for the listeners that don't remember, Josh is what, what was his name? Oh, I said his nickname because I forgot his real name. <laughs> I'm into now that Jay Sean Tate deal, Josh. I don't think we have to give up much for him. So you would deal Neesmith basically for him. So it'd be a Romeo Langford and. You know, you could just do ro- straight up Romeo or Romeo or Aaron Neesmith. Maybe you can throw Grant Williams in there. Um, but Jay Sean Tate makes like $1.5 million. And same with yeah. Kenyon Martin. So together, that's $3 million. That would be good enough to get a deal done for Romeo or Aaron Neesmith. If they ask for a first-round pick, I would say no. Uh, yeah, no way. A, yeah. But a, a couple seconds, sure, throw those in there. I'm uh, not sure if that entices Houston all the way to get the deal done. You know, you'd think that Tate's a guy that Houston might want to hang on to because of his energy. But at the same time, they got Usman Garuba, they got Shengun, they got multiple people at that position, and so yeah, and so. And you're getting talent guys. back. Yeah, you're getting talent you know, back. Not sure what they're trying to do, even you know. Um, but to me, that's that's my last trade and my and my favorite one. I was going to say, it sounds like you're on the fringes here of your trades. Um, I got some guys I like that I was trying to get to Boston, which was a little tough. One of them is Marvin Bagley Jr. Uh, partly because not only do I like Marvin Bagley, but Sacramento clearly hates him. They're 10 and 14, I think, as, as 11th seed in the West as, as we're recording this. Um, who knows whether they're trying to make the playoffs or not. They've already fired their coach, Luke Walton. Um, they didn't make a deal last year at the deadline when they could have traded Harrison Barnes or somebody else to us. So you could do Bagley Jr. for Dennis Schroeder or Juancho Hernan Gomez. Uh, or if if Sacramento feels like they're set at the point guard, which they basically are, Juancho for yeah, Aaron they don't Smith. Um, I mean, that deal's not happening. This is like this would be the deal where the Celtics are saying we're we're not making them, we're not going to win the championship. So let's try and get some talent going forward uh, and to rebalance the roster a little bit more. Um, I really like Harrison Barnes. I wanted him last year. I still want him. 
Richardson, Wancho, Bruno, and like one and a half firsts for either Harrison Barnes or Buddy Heald would work. Would you do a deal like that? Basically, Richardson and like one a first round pick and then another first round pick that converts to two seconds based on how the team plays or something or what the first pick where the first pick ended up for either Buddy Heald or Harrison Barnes. No, only because I'm not really not thinking that those guys solve any of our problems. See, I feel like Harrison Barnes does. He's not. It's not the same toughness, but it slides Tatum over. I think I like him a lot. I'm not a huge fan. Uh, to me, I was high on Buddy Heald before, you know, especially as a rookie coming in. But uh, the last few years, he's just shown that he really does not care about defense, and and he's a, another gunner. You know, like it would be great having that floor spacing. I could see our offense really humming. But it doesn't really like change the way we play at all. Yeah. Um, and the Harrison Barnes thing, I just think I, I'm, I just think he's overrated. He's always been overrated. Would you trade Dennis Schroeder or Wancho and Wancho to Dallas? Uh, I'm sorry, to for Marvin Bagley Jr. I've got a three way to make the, the trade to work. The but yeah. Um, I've got Dallas involved sending like Maxi Kleber and Reggie Bullock to Sacramento just just partly to make salaries work and to give Dallas something that they want. So they'd get Schroeder. And then, and I think fans have been clamoring for a secondary ball handler to pair with Luka Doncic in Dallas. So Dennis Schroeder would help with that short term. Uh, and it, it's basically, yeah, just to get us Marvin Bagley and, uh, you know, to get rid of Schroeder and get value for him because you can't, you're not resigning him. Dennis Schroeder is yeah. not coming back to this team next year. So either you're, you're making the playoffs and making noise in the playoffs and you want Schroeder to help with that or you're not and you need to get get some value for him. Yeah, I would make I would make that deal for Marvin Bagley. You know, he's he's basically trash at this point. Uh, <laughs> but but I'm still high on him. I I think that you could still get something out of him if he's in a system that demands more defense. Uh, yeah. I I think that he's a scorer in the post. He's got a decent jump shot. You know, he's just He's a great rebounder. Ball. He's a great rebounder. He's a hustler. Like this guy, this guy tries. He cares. And he's and he's got talent and he's got a great frame. And he's just been a terrible situation in Sacramento. Like, get guys from Sacramento. Yeah, I agree with that. I just don't know if I think he's proven that it's not just the situation that's caused him to get no minutes and and not play well. I think that he's also not playing both sides of the ball. Uh he's not the highest IQ player, but he's still so young that I think that you could make something like that work. Okay, uh, man, I tried to like look at teams that were out of it, that were likely to trade and, and had a hard time. Like R.J. Barrett, I was trying to figure out a way to, for the Celtics to get R.J. Barrett, who had a, a really a better year last year and was looking like he was going to have a breakout year this year, and he has not played well. And yeah. <laughs> Tom Thibodeau has said he needs to get in the gym more. Like he's the, Man, Thibodeau is the best. Uh, I tried to get Mike Minkoff is the, the biggest Ricky Rubio fan. So I tried to get a deal for Rubio, but there was really nothing that seemed to make sense. They're not giving him up. Um, what about this deal, Josh? Let's say the Celtics. I, I really think the Celtics, like if you're going to go one of those two directions of e- either improving the team this year or improving it for the future, I think you got to go improve it for the future. So I would actually trade Al Horford while he's got value. So I was thinking, what about trading Horford to Brooklyn? For Joe Harris, Joe Harris has two more years after this one at eighteen million, uh, so Absolutely. that's a reasonable contract. Uh, it would have to be Joe Harris and Bruce Brown to make the money yeah. work. You could replace Nick Claxton and Javon Carter instead of Bruce Brown, so that's sort of up to Brooklyn what they want to give. You could also swap Schroeder and Patty Mills if they were. 
I mean, it's like, I, I, I don't know if Brooklyn does it for Horford. Uh, yeah. What do you think? Do you think Brooklyn, so you would do Al Brooklyn, Horford for Joe Harris and filler. Oh yeah. Easy. You know, Bro- Joe Harris played really well with uh, Tatum Brown and smart in the, the Olympics or the world yep. cup a uh, while back. And uh, I think that he's a really good player who's not just a shooter. He can drive it a little bit. He's a really good driver to facilitate. Um, at least just to get the ball moving and swung to the other side. So he's a really high IQ uh, player. Uh, I don't think Brooklyn does it, but I think they think about it for a half second because Horford does give them something they desperately need right now at a position they really need help with. And he is a connector piece that would help yeah. the, uh, the me first guys that they have in Harden and Irving. So they would think about yep. it for a second, but you know, losing Joe Harris is more than you'd want to give up for Horford, I would think, if I'm them. It came down to this, Josh. This is my final thought on this. I don't think you make a trade. I think the issue in on this team is that they're not playing the young guys enough. Like, develop the young players. Put Aaron Neesmith and Peyton Pritchard in the rotation every night. Romeo's getting about 18 minutes a night. Give them all 12 to 15 minutes a game so that they know what their role is. They know they're going to get minutes. Like I think Aaron Neesmith and Peyton Pritchard, I think they've struggled partly because they've been out of the rotation. Let's like, can we decide that we're going to actually invest in our young players, please? The guys we drafted in the first round, can we, can we develop them, please? We're talking about bringing, bringing them in for incremental improvement, like in in their minutes. It's not that big of a deal, um, especially with Jalen Brown out. These guys should be getting more minutes than their minutes. Pritchard and Neesmith's minutes are way down from last year. Um, they proved last year that they could be effective um, and their minutes should have been consistent or trending up and instead they've gone down a lot. So this means playing a 10-man rotation and I think that's okay to develop these guys. Like Richardson's missed games, Brown's missed games. You've had the opportunity to, to do this. And then you see guys like, I, I mean, this is a little bit silly, but we had Garrison Matthews in training camp and now he's playing a big role uh, in the last couple few weeks on a two-way deal in Houston, right? You talk about Houston. Guy, last 11 games, 28 minutes a game, 13 points, 40% on seven threes a game. He started 24 games for Washington last year. He's not better than Broderick Thomas. Uh, Max Struess getting real minutes in Miami. There are fines around the league that teams invest in. They invest minutes into these guys, and they help them develop. We don't need to be doing that with the with Garrison Matthews and Max Struess. We need to be doing it with Neesmith and Pritchard and Romeo Lankford. Uh, we just don't have a track record of giving that opportunity to young players. Brad Stevens didn't like doing it when he was a coach. Ime Odoka doesn't like doing it. You're losing half the games anyway. Lose them while you're developing instead of overplaying Tatum, Smart, and Schroeder, all of whom are playing the most minutes of their career. Tatum, Smart, and Schroeder. Steal some minutes from those guys. Let's can we can we rest them a little bit? Can we manage their minutes a little bit? So like the Celtics podcast, Adam Taylor's crew, uh, they talked about some trade ideas in the last episode uh, to get like TJ Warren, who you mentioned, Josh, who's like been out for a year. Who knows what that guy has? Guys like Bryn Forbes. They talked about Doug McDermott. Like these are guys that it's like. We can't develop Neesmith to be as good as Doug McDermott right. at the end of this year. We can't develop Peyton Pritchard to be as good as Bryn Forbes at the end of the year or close to yeah. it. 
exactly. I think we can. So this need, team needs to decide, are you good enough to compete this year, necessitating a short-term improvement trade where you leverage your future, those guys, some of those guys that I mentioned, and picks or multiples, um, or is this team still growing and you look to the future to improve? Meaning you trade Schroeder, certainly, to get some value for him, and then you probably trade Richardson, and you try and trade Horford too, who, yeah, he, he's rejuvenated, but he's old. And I don't know how much you're getting from him in the future. Um, and the answer to me is similar. It's develop the young guys. That has to be part of it. So I definitely suggest that this team is not good enough for this year. Um, and and so you're either making a big swing, trying to like invest in a Ben Simmons or a, a Dame Lillard, um, or you're dealing the older vets for future value. Yeah, that's well said. I, I think... I think you make a really good point. I think the issue with it, though, is that even if Peyton Pritchard and Neesmith turn into Bryn Forbes and Doug McDermott, I still don't think that that gets us anywhere with the other guys we have. Um, yeah. I think I think that what we need is to bring in the uh, what we need most, ball movement and toughness in, in players or personnel, like even coaches, that where that becomes contagious. I just think that that those are two things that are contagious when you have a player who's really good at them and and who just you know like as much as Al Horford is a lunch pail kind of guy like he's just not going to like impose his will on other teams like like some other guys will like yeah including a guy like Jay Sean Tate like that's really all he does um and when you look at the other guys on that list and, and you look at like Draymond Green as, as the captain of that list of tough four men, you can kind of see why, uh, to me, that's the most important thing. That's the key to this, to this trade season as of right now. Josh, which of my trades did you like the best? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I really liked the, I, I really liked the, um, this is tough. (laughs) I didn't it's hard to put really them. you're putting really yeah. in front and then you can't decide which one it is i know way to emphasize <laughs> yeah. your your confusion because earlier in the pot i was like oh yeah i kind of like that oh yeah i kind of like that and now that i'm looking back at them i'm like no i don't really like any of them that much <laughs> wow thanks <laughs> thanks buddy right, so i'm gonna say none i'm gonna say none oh wow oh wow not no gordon hayward <laughs> no, uh... no, no, no. I mean, those were for fun, right? Bringing back the old Celtics, that was just for fun. Uh, to me, I if mean, I was going to choose one, it would be the Fournier one. And I feel silly saying that that was my favorite of your trades. Okay. Yeah, I think you're silly for thinking that. Um, I liked your Jay Sean Tate one. I think that was really the best my number one. one's your yeah. number one. Yeah. I, I mean, that was the only one that I liked of your trades. <laughs> I would I would think twice about the CJ McCollum one that you had. Okay. I like that we both liked the, uh, the, the that we both want to trade Tatum for Scotty Barnes. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, and if you're still listening to this pod at this at this stage of the process, um, Kenneth Fareed is the manimal. There you go. Thank you for listening, everyone. This is Celtics Pride. You can rate, review, subscribe, follow us on Twitter at Celtics Pride Pod. You can follow Josh on Twitter. At Coach Motenko, Mike Minkoff, who is on his way back from Mexico and will be with us next week. At Mike Minkoff NBA, I, Adam, am not on Twitter. Thank you again for listening. You are a part of Celtics Pride. (laughs) 